and we, we, we continued on Wednesday at the redemption service. I'm going to please encourage you to get uh, the, the, the CD uh, for, for Wednesday. In this church, we, 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 don't, we don't charge you. We don't make so much noise about buying CDs. It's actually almost for free. Uh, you can put it also on your device, on your phone, on your iPad. Media people can do that to you, for you. Now, it's important that you don't miss any Sunday or any Wednesday. You know, we began to say last, um, you know, last Sunday that this, this was just the only messages that Jesus Christ taught. He taught only on the, on, the, on the gospel of the kingdom. And we began to say that this is, this is what we should preach all the time in church. And we're going to be able to do that, I believe, for the next two months. Praise God. So make sure you get a copy of last Sunday's. We'll try to say a few things we said last Sunday, uh, um, sorry, last Wednesday today, because a number of you were not there. But we will, we will not continue to do that. But just by the Holy Spirit leading me, we'll repeat some of the things we did, and then we will go further. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 16, uh, one verse, verse 16. Uh, Luke 16, verse 16. Thank you, Holy Spirit, this Sunday morning. There's somebody who came into church this, this morning. When you came in, you had a fever. That fever is leaving you right now. You're, you just notice now that you're already beginning to sweat. That fever is gone, and it will not return in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 16, 16. Let's look at Luke. The law and the prophets, the law and the prophets were until John, meaning John the Baptist. The law and the prophets, the words of Jesus is in red. The law and the prophets were until John. But since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. And everyone is pressing into it. The law and the prophets were the dispensation of the law. The time of the law and the prophets stopped at John the Baptist. But since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. And wise men and women are pressing into it. Let me say to two people around you, you better press into the kingdom. Come on, say to the second person now. Say, you better press into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Revelation eleven fifteen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Are they able to show it? Revelation eleven fifteen. Thank you. Then I saw another sign in heaven. Eleven fifteen. Eleven fifteen. Thank you. Then the seventh angel. Can we read together? I want to go. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, "Let's go now." And the angels sounded the trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world, 
they have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And it shall reign forever and ever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. And so, uh, why are we teaching uh, this series? Because you can, like you can already see, it's really all about the kingdom of God. If you're a believer, it's really, everything is really about the kingdom of God. And so if you're a believer and you don't know anything about the kingdom of God, then something is wrong. Because it's really all about the kingdom of God. That's what God is about. That's what God is about. God is really about the kingdom of God. God is really about the kingdom of God. And like we saw in the last uh, few times we've ministered, uh, Jesus Christ actually came to re-establish the kingdom of God. That's why he came. Jesus Christ came to re-establish the kingdom of God. That's why he came. And like we've said in the last two sessions, Sunday and Wednesday, we said getting saved, getting born again, just grants you access into God's kingdom. Our salvation is a means. And we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end of this message. A little bit about that. It grants you access into the kingdom. So if you're born again here, welcome to the kingdom. Have me look at your neighbor and say, are you born again? Say, I'm not just talking about going to church. Say, are you born again? No, look at them and say, I neighbor, are you born again? Then say to them, welcome to the kingdom. Now say to them, the kingdom of God is here. Okay, we're going to push it further. Say to them, the kingdom of God is within you. You carry the kingdom of God. You are a carrier of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, when, when we say Jesus Christ came to re-establish the kingdom of God, why are we using the word re-establish? Because the original purpose of God, when he created man, the first man he created, Adam, the purpose of God was God created the heavens and the earth. That's what the Bible records. Genesis chapter 1, the very few verses. He created the heavens and the earth. And God designed that he will rule in heaven. Is somebody here this morning? Where will God rule? God will rule in heaven. But he created man that man should rule where? On the earth. So he created Adam to rule where? The earth. God created man to rule the earth on his behalf. So earth was supposed to be a replica of heaven. That is the original plan. But you know, you know what happened? Adam had all of that, but he lost it. And the reason why Jesus was sent was to take back the kingdom. And he has. Is somebody here this Sunday morning? He, 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 what did I say? He has. He has. When he died on the cross, you know what he said? When he arose, he said, all power and all authority has been what? Has been given to me. It's been restored. The kingdom has been restored. And guess what? We are in the kingdom age now. We are in the kingdom age. Somebody say, I'm in the kingdom age. But let me just quickly go. And even though it's going to be one of the things I will do one of the Sundays, I'm going to just teach just purely on that. But I want to say to you that you also are here to reestablish the kingdom of God. That is why you are here. That is why. Say, that is why I'm here. No, come on. Say like you say, that is why I'm here. Listen to me, you know, we taught on the church. Uh, one of the things we said, uh, some of, many of you don't do Wednesday, but God will change your heart in Jesus' name. Because we teach so many powerful things on Wednesday. I feel sorry for you. By the way, hear this. God, listen to me. God, when you meet him or you say, why were you not doing Wednesday? You better have a good answer. I'm telling you. Because he would have said to you, you know your pastor taught you on Wednesday, but you are watching G-World at home. 
it's not a, it's not a fun. The things, most times, I even think the things we teach here on Wednesday are probably even more powerful than Sunday. Do you agree? And I can't repeat what I teach on Wednesday. And we cannot just be doing Sunday. 52 Sundays in the month, is, in a year, is too few to teach what God is showing us. Be wise. Tell your neighbor, be wise. Be wise. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So we're here to reestablish the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. One of the things I taught when we're teaching on the church, you said ecclesia. Somebody say ecclesia. The church, the word church is ecclesia. And we said it means the called out ones. But one of those Wednesdays I said, it's amazing that we are called out. We are not called away. I was, I was trying to explain that. We are called out, but we are not what? Called away. What does it mean to be called away? If God didn't want us to establish his kingdom here, the day you got born again, you'll be raptured. You'll be what? You know what? Do you know what rapture means? You'll be cut, cut off. But it's because God wants me and you here to establish his kingdom. That is why we are still here. Like I said, that's, that's going to be a whole message by itself. But let me tell your neighbor, you are called out, not called away. Okay, so neighbor... You're called out, not called away, so that you can establish his kingdom on earth. You working where you work, God, God, God actually has appointed you to establish his kingdom in that office. That's why you're there. You that is in that relationship, God puts you in that relationship to establish his kingdom in that relationship. That's why we're still here. We're in Abuja to establish his kingdom. But like we've said over and over again, it's unfortunate that the church has failed largely. Because we have massive congregations all over Nigeria in churches right now. But all they are in church to do is stomach infrastructure. Needs to be met. Children's school fees. Healing. Nobody is saying, how will I buy my by the, by the help God has helped me establish his kingdom on the earth. Our church will be different in going forward. Somebody say hallelujah. So, so we, we tried on, um, on Wednesday and I'm going to just repeat that very quickly. So said so this kingdom, what exactly is a kingdom? Because if until the time of John, the kingdom of God has been preached. So what is this kingdom of God that we keep talking about? And we gave some definitions on Wednesday. But this Sunday, we're going to look at some of the definitions we didn't look at on Wednesday. Uh, okay, so we're going, to, we're going to look at four definitions from the simple definitions you may wish to write down to the more uh, detailed definition. We'll look at three very simple definitions. Just still says the same thing in different ways. Can we look at the uh, media? Help me now. Uh, the first definition. Okay, so what is the kingdom of God? Uh, what does it mean? Number one, okay, can you, can you see it? You can see it? At the back, can you see it? Okay, what's the first one? What one to go? God's way of being and doing things. So you can simply say that God's kingdom is God's way of being. Okay? There's a way God is. Okay? That's his kingdom. And preparation is important. But the journey is more important. Okay? And we said on Sunday, many times, because of how we uh, you know, were brought up, Sunday school, religious mindset. We said on Sunday, the word repent is not a religious word. It's not a religious word. 
Repent is, not, is actually uh, the, the Greek word metano and is not a church or a religious word. What it simply means is this. What exactly he was saying and John was saying, now listen to me, if I had the time, but we don't have the time because we must live here at 7.30 today. I, I could go on to tell you that it's not just Jesus that was, that was preaching the message of the gospel of the kingdom. John did. But when he sent out the disciples, what did he say to them? He said, go preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he told the disciples to preach. But we can even go beyond there. The first church that was born on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when Peter, Peter, the first message he preached, preached a long message, but the Bible says that, the Bible records that, that the men came to him and said, and the Bible says that they were caught to the heart and they said, men and brethren, what must we do? What did Peter say? He says, repent. That's what Peter said. He said, Repent. Now, Paul the Apostle also preached the message of repentance. You know, when he was talking to King Agrippa, some of you are Bible students, he, you know, he, he began to tell King Agrippa his testimony of his salvation. Pastors, do you know what it is? I mean, I think it's somewhere in Acts 25 or Acts 26. Yeah? He began to say to Agrippa, in fact, when he said to him, after he had an encounter with Christ, you know what the next thing he said to him? He said, he said, first I went to Damascus to meet the brethren there. And then I went to Jerusalem. He said, he said, afterward, I began to preach the gospel of repentance. So we said on Sunday, so what exactly is repent? Or repentance? Now, our religious mindset is repentance is uh, to ask God for forgiveness for our sins. That is just a little part of what repentance means. It's just a little part of what repentance means. The real meaning of repentance, now listen to me, when you hear somebody speak, what you need to do is, what exactly is he trying to say? It's not, it's not the interpretation you give to what he's saying. I mean, basic communication, you know, those of us uh, who, who learned that, did, you know, uh, some form of communication, you know that there are four levels of communication, but I won't go in there. But you see, if somebody is speaking, you need to hear what is in the mind, what is the person trying to communicate to you. So when Jesus was saying repent, what, what did he mean? It's not like you're putting your own meaning to what he said. So whenever you hear repent or metano in the Bible, what, what it simply says is change your mind. Change your thinking. In other words, there's a kingdom that is coming. And in order for you to experience that kingdom or be blessed by it, your mindset needs to be different. You will not experience it. You will not, uh, uh, you, you will not, uh, it will not envelop you. Uh, it will not bless you the way it's supposed to, except there's a change of mind. Except there's a change of mind. There's a change of mind. Okay, so, so Jesus and John and all these people came into of the Jewish community because they knew these people had had a particular kind of mindset for hundreds of years and they said there's absolutely no way this good news of the kingdom can bless them unless first there's a change in mindset they can't receive the message of the kingdom except there is a repositioning there's a new mentality somebody say hallelujah somebody say hallelujah now typically most people think that repentance is 
um, has to do with a feeling. A feeling of, oh, I did something wrong. I did something wrong. So, I need to ask God for forgiveness. Like I said a few moments ago, that's not what really repentance is. I'm going to say some things here that will shock you a little bit. Because we have a religious mind. Do you know that you can live at, if it's possible? And for some people it's possible. It's possible to live a very pure, morally pure life. No adultery, no fornication, no masturbation, no stealing, no lying. I mean, morally pure, 100%. But do you know that you can still miss the kingdom of God? In fact, when I was preparing today, God said something. And I believe that God will help us that you don't misunderstand what I'm going to say next. The kingdom of God is so important that God sometimes looks like he over, overlooks <laughs> your moral weaknesses because the kingdom is more important. Why do you think he used David so much? David had flaws, but David was a kingdom man. That is a priority for God. And, and, and in a short while, we're going to look at the definition of kingdom. You now understand why God would choose a man who appears to be flawed. Because the man, elder, understands kingdom. The man who understands kingdom is more relevant to God on the earth than a holy man who is useless in the kingdom. When you understand what God is trying to do on the earth, you will know that God can in many ways look like he's winking with somebody who understands kingdom. David, even as a small boy, understood kingdom. And that's why God used him to establish kingdom. Do you know that David was so, see, God so fell in love with this kingdom man that even when David makes a mistake, God will say, how should I punish you? No, no, I'm, I hope you read the Bible. In fact, to be honest with you, he will give him three options. God will be telling Elder Form, okay, you have, you, have, you have done something wrong now. Take three options. Who does he do it with? Minister, Saul, the first king. One small mistake, that's the end. No, no option, you're done. He said, Samuel, don't pray about, if the day you pray about, this guy is gone. Because David understood kingdom. In fact, even in that option, if you go and read it, when he counted Israel, you know, it, it wasn't him he punished too. He began to kill the people. He, not, he didn't even touch David. Now, I'm not saying this to say to you, go and do anyhow. I'm just trying to say to you the parity of God. It shows how important the kingdom is. There are people you know right now that are doing so well. But you know some of them are not living right. But if you, if you watch their lives, they are following some powerful kingdom principles. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Now that's how important the kingdom is. And that's why all of these people are preaching, let, let your kingdom come. Preach the message because that is, listen to me, if you're a believer, you're a child of God, and you're not talking, thinking kingdom, you are totally out of sync with God. 
So, so when he says, repent for the kingdom of God is on, what essentially God is saying is, bring yourself into alignment with my kingdom. Align yourself. Align your family. Align your business. Hey, align your destiny with my kingdom. That's actually what he's saying. So the question you must ask yourself all the time is, am I in alignment with God's kingdom? Can you say for certain that, Jesus, I'm totally in alignment with your kingdom. A repositioning. And so this is actually a whole lot more than church. In fact, the church is actually <laughs> just a medium of expression of the kingdom. The church, the church, kingdom is greater than church. I can tell you as a pastor of a church. Church is just a platform to establish his kingdom. In fact, the reason why the church is here is to, to be used as a platform to establish God's kingdom. So if you're in church, you ask yourself, am I in alignment with God's kingdom? Where am I in relationship with the kingdom of God? Somebody say hallelujah. Now, from what we said on Sunday and what we're saying now, so what exactly is the kingdom of God? All this kingdom, kingdom, I mean, when you go home, if you have a, a Bible that, you know, that you can use, uh, you know, search the word kingdom of God, go home and do it. If you have a, you know, an iPad, electronic Bible, or your phone, just, it will blow your mind how many times it is, is used as the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Now, let me say this. Matthew will use kingdom of heaven uh, more. And the reason simply is this. So, we'll teach you a little bit of, uh, give you a little bit of info, information. Matthew was a 100% Jew. Now, he was a Jew that was writing to other Jews about a Jew called Jesus. Now, the Jews are very religious. The Jews don't like the idea of using God's name anyhow. So, why other writers will say kingdom of God, he would rather say kingdom of heaven. Because the Jews would prefer to call the dwelling place of God rather than call his name. Is somebody here. So, it's the same thing. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, same thing. It's just that, that, that's why a typical Jew cannot spell God. He will not spell it. He will put G hyphen D. For them, God is too holy to call his name or to spell his name. Or when they spell Yahweh, they remove all the consonants or the vowels. That's how they honor God. So because he was writing to Jews, he didn't want to offend them. So that's why he was writing kingdom of heaven. But what he was actually saying is the kingdom of God. Praise God. So all of this kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, what exactly does it mean? Praise God. We're going to look at quickly, um, media, if you're able to show um, what exactly is the kingdom or the kingdom of God. Now, now, I hope you can show it. A simple definition of this word, kingdom or kingdom of God, let's say kingdom of God, is God's government. God's government. So what is the kingdom of God or God's kingdom? A simple definition.